everyone, and welcome to the Logie-nominated <laughs> Back Pocket Podcast. <laughs> My name is Alistair, and as always, I'm joined by Jack to talk about defenders and the AFL and everything in between, like a little sandwich. Does Cochin count as a defender this week for playing on body? No. No? He counts as an actor, apparently. That's true, yeah. No apology. No, but buddy, mm, no. <laughs> Can't call him a coward. That's mean. Um, it was a weekend. Football happened. It was. It happened, and then I died. There were upsets, <laughs> and they all happened at the end. Well, they didn't. One was on Saturday. Two were on Saturday. They all happened in the middle. Sunday was boring. Cutting commentary on this podcast. Oh, yeah. We won't get we're, anything better. We're, we're rolling through it. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll get into the votes. Yep, always. Uh, my one vote... <clears throat> oh, I should probably get my votes up, actually. <laughs> my one vote is to someone... Uh, that I had not paid much attention to in the last week, but I thought he did a superb job, and that was Lachlan Murphy. Um, I thought in the first half of the game that he was the main reason Collingwood were in it. He did the more job of defensive marking. I think you mean Nathan Murphy. Nathan Murphy? Yeah, Lachlan Murphy plays for Adelaide, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well done, me. Um, <laughs> his first half was fantastic. Um, yes. Without him, that was over at halftime. Like, Carlton's was- lead at halftime would not have been like small enough for them to come back from. It was it was really impressive watching him because it sort of happened out of nowhere. Everyone was expecting more and how to do the lion's share, and they did do. Yeah, uh, that they were a good fair bit, but his first half was, was massive. Was I was out of control, shocked. Um, uh-huh. Was he like a fifteen game player or something? I'm I think I think the benefit was a little bit of lack of keys mm. down there, so he was able to float a little bit more. But he killed it. He so. was it, it, impressive for a player that I knew very little about. Like, I obviously knew he was on the list. I'd seen him yeah. play a couple of games, but that was the most I paid attention to him because he kind of forced me to that whole first half. Yes, absolutely. He was in your um, face. Yeah, like 17 touches, I think. And then he disappeared in the second half, but that was when the ball was rolling their way. So, um, yeah, he got my one vote this week. Um, that is completely fair. Uh, my one vote is going to Sam Collins' little partner, Charlie Ballard. Was really good, wasn't yeah. he? Um, yeah, obviously I always want to give votes to Collins, but i got to give it to Ballard this week. Um, it's a bit lower on the end of votes because obviously they just steamrolled Hawthorne. Amazing, and wasn't it? Wasn't it good to watch? <laughs> oh, just incredible. Collins is really good again. Yes. Um, but they just rolled them. Mm-hmm. Um, their backline is off. We've talked about this a few times now. Their backline's running really well this year, um, but they weren't really needed much this week nope. because their midfield just crushed Hawthorne. Yeah, um, and they kind of just, that's why they were in such control, and that's why I'm giving my one to Ballard because he was the, the best of, you know. Yeah, of, of who got the chance to rebound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So easy one for me. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, my two, uh, having a theme of picking players from the same game again, Saad got my two. Oh, okay. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Um, His aerial and contested marking this year has been completely unseen before. For that him. mini comeback Carlton made in the last 10 minutes, the amount of times he was involved mm-hmm. in those rebounds and kicks back inside, and that his, he turned it on then, he turned it on at the start when they were rolling through them. I thought his game was fantastic. Um, Absolutely, and despite despite grimacing my way through that entire game, it probably was a game of the round. It was a fantastic um, game of football as a neutral. It was yeah. really good. So. Um, and like it, it ebbed and flowed the way... That like you'd expected it to with the injury to Weedering. Like it, mm. Carlton looked like they were starting to get on top in, in all facets of the game, and then as soon as Weedering went down, Collingwood took over, and then Carlton's guns kind of kicked in at the end and went, "We've got to win this game." Yeah, and couldn't quite get there. That finish was dramatic. Um, uh, I think I think the win actually gets attributed not to well, obviously Weedering there would have changed yeah, a lot. Absolutely. But I think the issue that uh, Carlton had was Collingwood's wings completely outworked them. 
and I know they've been testing a lot this year throughout the wings, Carlton have, but they got they got to fix something there because they got rolled by side bottom and even die cost a little bit. So yeah, um, and Jack Chris played a ridiculous game Always. again. Um, he's in incredible form this year. Uh, their their rolling of him to a full time mid roll has mm-hmm. been a great pick. It uh, has worked. They're they're in uh, in finals contention as much as I hate to see it and say it. Um, <laughs> they've got a really good shot and their run home's not too bad. Um, that that crunch for those last couple of spots in the eight is going to be fantastic. This it's year. it's going to be good. It'll go for well, I, maybe final round or so, but. It will be interesting to see how it shapes up. Um, my two, I'm just going to quickly get it out of the way, is also Lachlan Murphy. Oh, okay. No, Nathan, two. Nathan Murphy. Um, it's pretty much the same as what you said. Don't oh, need to add much more. Stunned. Great game. It's great. Yep. Um, I'm glad you got him in there because I was like, am I going to be the only person to give him a vote? No. no. Um, Isaac Cumming, finally. Oh. It's been kind of coming all year. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but um, he, he, it's his best game. He's, <laughs> he's played a few really good games as he does. He's a genuinely good footballer. Um, but this week was the first week he'd really stood out to me. Um, I thought he played really well. It's been hard um, to find standouts in GWS's defence. Yeah, and especially in a game where you know they, they hung on to stay in that game. I thought Brisbane were going to roll them when they got back in front, but they stayed in well, and he was a really big part of that, uh, especially against a powerful forward line mm, and midfield that Brisbane have. He did a really got good a lot job. Of potential coming. Um, yeah, and last year he was, was his breakout year, uh, and he has really continued it. But like, there's been some star defenders this year. To, you know, he hasn't been in that top five each week. But yeah, um, yeah, he got in there for me this week. I was really impressed with his game. No, I'm happy with that. Uh, I'm giving my three to Sinclair. Yeah, um, it's hard not to give him votes when he's performing this well. Uh, Special mention for me Sinclair this week because yeah, I thought they um, were just so in control of that game that it was hard to. But yeah, he's just been so good. It was a weird one because the scoreboard didn't reflect that. But all it takes is you know. King getting on a roll in yeah. five, 10 minutes for them to just end a game. So, um, no, I think Sinclair's been fantastic. And, you know, at the moment, definitely all Australian love. Oh, he's a lock for me. Yeah. Absolutely has to be. Um, he and Stewart just have those two <laughs> two spots just kind of nailed Yeah, in. 100%. Um, I think already, as long as they just play reasonable for the rest of the year and not get injured, they're yeah. in that team. Mm-hmm. Um, jacket. My four votes was to Luke Ryan. Okay, I've gone a different Fremantle player. I've gone uh, Brennan Cox. All right, yeah. Their yeah. back line... Dominant in that second uh-huh. half. Yeah. No ball went in there that just didn't come straight back out. Holding Melbourne to one goal and a half of football mm-hmm. is incredible. And it's um, another game that was severely affected by a, a, a key, defender team's going, key defender going yeah. down early. Yeah, it was one of those. But then like, it was like it gave Freda this level of confidence yes. that they could kick the ball inside 50. Mm-hmm. And they went from having some of scoring from about 10% of entries in the last two weeks against Collingwood and Gold Coast to scoring from almost 50%. It was like over 40% of entries in the second half of that game turned into scores. Yeah, and a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that it wasn't crushing wet weather yes, footy. absolutely. But in the first half, it looked like they were rolled. Brisbane, did, Melbourne put yeah, on that they second looked, quarter they do. They looked cool. It was you know, just over five goals at half time, and I thought, oh, well, that's probably about the, where the margin's going to stay because that's what Melbourne does. Damien they Barrett kick away was uh, typing out his flag mantle isn't real article and he had to change it halfway through the game. <laughs> and he, what do you call it? Fremiership. Fremiership. That's awful. That's horrendous. It does not roll. Flag mantle rolls. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ryan was fantastic. Yeah, if, He's, you, if you thought flag mantle was catchy, then get ready for the Fremiership. Fremiership. <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> Um, Sorry. Yeah, so we've, I'm both free defenders, but their, their whole backline was good. Even, yeah. um, once again, Chapman was great. And He's really good. They, they just looked really good. They are... And I, mean, I mean, knowing Fremantle, there's a good chance they lose this week at home. 
doing what they do, but I hope they don't. I, I think they It'll at be their best are either gonna They're either going to have a very small defensive win or they're going to get pumped by Brisbane. Yeah. There's no in-between there, I don't think. What was interesting, like our, our biggest mm. criticism of Freo was they didn't have that killer quarter that every, yes, every right. other team in that top six has showed they have. And boy, did they have it. They did um, it against the best team possible. Yeah, with, with a backline that even without May on paper is a fantastic backline and they just rolled it. Beat yeah. them in the midfield, beat them in the back line. Logue, who we gave votes to earlier this year, went into the middle and tagged Oliver and just not Logue. Uh, was Logue, yeah. Logue went up forward and was tagging May until May went out of the game. Yeah, and, and well, he took Oliver through the middle Did in he? the second half. Oh, only I had, that, had but... as many disposals as him and more clearances. Um, and yeah, I can't give him votes for a defender because he played no, up he, forward he in the midfield. But yeah, brilliant. Um my five votes, which I don't think anyone in the country would disagree with unless they Mason were Cox. probably a Hawthorne supporter. Uh, it was Tom Stewart. Yeah, it's Tom Stewart. Ridiculous. Well. Um, I don't know if they thought he was wearing an Adelaide jumper. Um, I, they were picking him out in that first half, and then he just got damaging after that. And yeah, it's something. there's something to be said about the way he plays at GMHBA Stadium. I think I saw the statistic, and I know it's fantasy footy, so it doesn't really matter, but his score increases by 60 wow. when he plays at GMHBA. It goes from like 90 slash 100 to like 160. That's insane. Like it's ridiculous um, how many more stats he gets. Supported by uh, <clears throat> finally rising star winner De Koning. Um, I think that De Koning's marking game gives Stewart even more freedom to play the mm. way he likes to play. The fact that he knows he has another interceptor and spoiler down there, it lets him kind of open himself up to play that game a bit more, yeah. which is why we're seeing him have career-high numbers. He's had so many 35s and 40s this year that it's getting a bit nuts. Um, but, yeah, that was a crazy game that he mm. played. Absolutely. Um, and he's torn it apart a couple of times this year. And like you said before, he's the other lock alongside Sinclair at the moment for me. He's just playing... Really good footy after a bit of a skew-if start to the season. Yeah, um, and that's um, you can probably put that down. I think we said it after the first few weeks to the fact that he had an interrupted preseason. Mm, mm. Um, it doesn't look interrupted anymore. He heads yeah into the bye with some great form. It's going to be an interesting clash this week um, to see how Stewart and De Koning can protect what's probably going to be a massive forward 50 entries. Um, the Bulldogs midfield is going to be... It's, it's interesting, though, because... The Bulldogs don't play a tall forward line. So no. if you can get uh, SDK to lock down on Norton well enough, Stewart should be able to intercept with no problem. And I know it's very likely they'll use someone like McNeil or McComb or, or McStuffins <laughs> to, to, to tag uh, Tom Stewart, but I'm not sure it works. Um, he's a hard player to tag because no, too big. He, he sometimes plays a defensive role and still takes those marks. Mm-hmm. So the opposite is just losing one of your own players. Um, and they've done it with Cordy this year, which has been strange because their back line's lacking and they've been putting up forward. But um, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, with your joke about the, the mix, um, I've noticed in the last few weeks that it's not as many as I thought it was, but how many Sams there are in defence this year? Mm, there's a few. Um, but it's also the quality ones. We've got, obviously, Collins, DeConing, Doherty and Taylor, who I think you gave all four votes one week. There's also Sam Frost, who's down there. And then debatably... Oh, yeah, Frosty the go, man. Yeah, yeah. Debatably being used incorrectly, <laughs> but Petrevsky seaton has also had a run off the back this year. Uh, not, not this year, he Not hasn't. this year, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, it's, I, it's, it breaks my heart, because I feel like uh, Petrevsky seaton has become one of the most ineffectual players in the AFL. Um, What's going on at West Coast? I don't know. I, I it's just, gotten to a point where you can't use the COVID much anymore. Like they, they are just broken. And I don't want to. I don't want to pot Adam Simpson because I think, as I've said before on this podcast, that he does get the chance to to fix this. But when you're playing West 
and Clark on the wing with Sam Petrovsky seating up forward and you've got Gaff in your starting three, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And a bunch of people have been critical of Kelly. He's one of the few <clears throat> in the last few weeks that actually seems to be playing well for them. I think he got coaches votes despite the fact they got smashed on the weekend. Yeah, and um, I feel like that mix could be adjusted if you put West and... In Clark the in there with Kelly. There's been a few times I've seen West that just contested ball beast. He got more contested possessions playing wing than Gaff did in the middle. And, and they said they said that record on the weekend was the most fifty plus losses in a row in VAFL history. It, it, it's an all time. They've got like, one of the worst percentages of all time. Uh, they're losing games at home. They've lost two games at home by more than hundred points. Mm-hmm. They've lost very few in their history by more than hundred points, and two of them have been this year at home. Um, it's just awful territory they're in at the moment. It, it's right now gotten to a point where you throw the COVID stuff out because that's past. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly it. And they've got a lot of those players back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird place they're in. And the fact that those losses haven't been to um, your Brisbane's, your Fremantle's, your Melbourne's, because they kind of took the foot off the pedal once they were far enough yeah. in front. They've been to Richmond and the Bulldogs, who are both currently... Well, Bulldogs are in eighth, I think, mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. But Richmond aren't in the eight. They've lost by 100 points to teams that are fighting for a spot in the finals. Are Richmond ninth? Richmond are ninth, <laughs> which is beautiful. Um, but you just, you just kind of wonder what's going on. Um, whether it's just that the players are so mentally defeated by this season that they're finding it hard to get up, but, but that's not what you want at all as, as a club because you want that passion there, which just isn't showing. It feels like they've come up against adversity and about four rounds into the season went, ah, let's throw it in the queue. Throw, do- throw it in the queue? Throw the queue in the rack. <laughs> throw it in the queue. Throw it in the queue. Um, <laughs> Spotify. Up Spotify. Spotify playlists. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an interesting one in the sense that North's percentage is almost as bad. Yes. But when you watch a North game, it's kind of like when Gold Coast were doing it last year, but they're not doing it quite as well. There is a game plan there. You can mm-hmm. see they're trying things. And in the first half of games, they're not totally out of it most of the time. No, Whereas, I mean, look at the way they played against Melbourne. Yeah. They cracked and, in. And Sydney, they were well in front mm-hmm. at half time. Um, there's been a few games this year. They came back at Carlton before they, the half break. They were in a- And teams are kicking away from them after that. Whereas with West Coast games, they're over at quarter time. Yeah, pretty much. They're, they're five goals down at quarter time. Look, look back at that GWS Ten at half time. It's probably the highest score uh, West Coast have kicked all year. And they still got beaten by, what, 50, 60 points? Yeah, and pass. that's the thing. Teams aren't even defending against West Coast because you're seeing... And that was the same against the Bulldogs. They kicked 60 points on the weekend. And the Bulldogs kicked 161. Like, yeah. you don't need to bother defending against West Coast because your all-out attack will just result in a massive score regardless. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, um, it's a worry. And it's, the way it's turned out on the ladder is that we're just seeing massive percentages. Like, all it's the way down to, I think it's 11. But with the fact that you have three teams at the bottom this year, including Essendon... Um, percentage below 70. More teams from 12 up are getting that extra win that they normally wouldn't it, get. Yeah, it's so going to be... finals entry is going to be 14 or so for, yeah. or more um, this year. Which is going to be interesting um, because it, it's also going to be the same for the top four. That top four is going to be a lot of wins yes. to get in there because that bottom bracket is really poor. Like We saw like, a lot of fight from Adelaide at the start of the year, but that seems to be gone. Um, got, they'll get a win this week against West Coast, you'd think. But you've that, got teams halfway through the year right now on eight and three and... Seven and four, and they're not, not in the top four. Yeah, it's incredible. And I'm, you're looking at it's a couple of them in sixth and seventh. Yeah, it doesn't in, help that Melbourne <laughs> only have lost one game. Yeah, and that was literally just yeah. this weekend. Brisbane gone. have lost two. Um, yeah. but like it's it is insane to see the top bracket being that strong, mm-hmm. and it's because the bottom bracket's that weak. Yes, absolutely. It's the worst bottom three we've seen in the 18 team era, and that's including years that Gold Coast and Gina West yeah. had just started. No, I agree. Um, which was the year West Coast was last poor. Um, but it's it's really. 
not good for football in, in a lot of ways because you need that up and bottom string and coming it makes, through. It makes three of the games each weekend so boring. Unwatchable. Unless they're playing each other. And then, and then you've also and got then, Melbourne games which have been up until yeah, last well, the, week. Boring as hell. Yeah, and even even the Melbourne secured a game, which everyone went into like, oh hell yeah, you know this will be a challenge. Mm. Melbourne just went up. Oh, no, you got three to four games each weekend that I don't even want to watch, and that's before I even get to Port Adelaide games. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it makes my job here very I, hard. <laughs> I, I I joked in the weekly turnaround this week that like if you weren't a Geelong fan, there was no reason to watch that Geelong game because mm. it was the same as the Port game last week. They just held them at arm's length. They did nothing to impress anyone. All they did was we're going to win this game by six seven goals, and that's it. And it was just boring great if, football Great if you're a supporter, but boring for everyone else. Yeah. Uh, well, at least this game had, unlike the GWS game a few weeks ago, had some highlights. Um, mm. the, the, like the Stengel and Cameron goals were fun to watch and stuff like that. But even then, it's just... Um, the, the good teams versus the poor teams this year has been boring. Um, Unless you're playing Gold Coast on the Gold Coast. Those games are fun to watch. Yeah, great. Gold Coast are looking exciting. They're the most watchable teams. They've got Hawthorne to play again. That'll be in Tassie, which is a bit harder than playing them in Darwin. But then they've got North to come twice. They've got to play West Coast again. They've got Essendon again. And they get Port on the Gold Coast. That's a good run home. It is good. I'd love to see them. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Make finals. It would be um, really good. But as I said, that that top eight is really tight at the moment. Yeah. And they're going to have to wedge someone out who's and that's where at the moment, which is the Bulldogs from Richmond. Also, um, Collingwood have a good run home, and Richmond have a good run home, yeah. and they're also sitting in that same bracket, so it is a tricky spot for a lot of teams to be in. Um, the Geelong Bulldogs game this week turns into a crunch game for Geelong to make the four and Bulldogs to make the eight. Half the games in the back half of the year are eight point games. It's it's which a lot is of top which is great for watching, and but it's interesting for how it plans out. Um, thing about things being good for the game or bad for the game, hmm. we had the mid season draft uh, last night. Um, the night before, by the time Which this goes out, why we recorded it now so that we could talk about it. That's the <laughs> Absolutely, there was, a def- there was a key defender draft, and we had to uh, to wait. <laughs> um, double Durden after double BT Durden's. getting which Durden was which confused, confusing a key defender with a small forward. Was he doing this at North? <laughs> <laughs> was he was he a foot shorter and playing up forward? Crazy. Um, no, I I think that the mid season draft is really good for state footy. Yeah, there are a lot of players who I think wouldn't be playing state footy, playing bush leagues and getting paid more money, who are because they now have a chance of getting picked up in the middle of the year. We had what twenty get picked up more this year. Um, I think it was slightly less, but and you're seeing teams, to... you know, push players onto the long term injury list, not push players on there, but like players they wouldn't normally put on there. Mm. Um, North retired Lynch, who I forgot was on their list. I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> I genuinely didn't know when it said Tom Lynch retired. I went. Really? Oh, and then I thought <laughs> he was at St Kilda first, and I forgot about that too. And I was like, "Wow, geez!" I thought he was just Adelaide League's old career, no, three club player technically. Um, not really played for North, but I mean that's the soft cap that they had him there as a coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pushing him out to retire so they can get the two picks in the mid-season draft. I think it's just really interesting um, how that's working out. Um, I think they only used one in the end. They only used one. I think they only I used one. Didn't want him around. They just got rid of him. <laughs> Can't remember exactly. But... Um. There are a lot of passes. Um, I think it's good for that reason. Um, I also think it's good for a lot of clubs to promote a recruiting culture from their own VFL teams. Yes. Um, and obviously some players got picked up, like uh, Forkhead got picked up. Yeah, and Geelong were like waiting for him in the pick before there. Um, but I think that's a good thing as well because it promotes you know your own VFL mm. players to do 
better and, and perform. There's a few players as well that got picked up that have been tearing it up in the state leagues mm. this year and definitely have a chance to come in and make an immediate impact on these sites. And we've seen it before um, in the last few years. It was... Essendon had one last year. Was it Sam Durham? Durham? Yeah. Durham. Came in and played incredible football for them and was a big part of why they ended up scraping into the eight. Mm. Um, Newcomb, different story, but kind of the same thing. Came yeah. in the middle of the year and played really well. Connor West was the yes, mid-season was. of Frio. For, sorry, West Coast was also really good last year. I just think it's really exciting for footy. Um, I'm not pro mid, mid-season trade period. Which I, is am. Being I am. You I am. I actually am. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of upside, and I'm not like not like the way Fox Footy commentators have been saying where it's like West Coast should trade McGovern and Kennedy for first round picks from seven different clubs, rah rah rah. But like, if West Coast have this injury crisis and they have no way of fixing their list currently, they can offload one of their players that they're surplus in. They've got a fair few rucks and there's mm. a lot of teams right now hurting for rucks. And if you could, at a premium, probably give off a second round pick for a ruck that's not worth it, West Coast would take that and the team that needs a ruck immediately would. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that's, I think that's genuinely... And I think it would mostly be used for ruckmen. Ruck, ruckmen and maybe defenders. even defenders. Yeah. Which are the things that clubs are mostly missing. Yeah. Um, and ruck stocks around the league, each team has roughly three to five. Um, and those teams that have five are never going to play all five in a season. So I think it's worth looking into, but I don't think it's worth making a big deal like an actual trade period. I think it should be maybe even limited to you can make one trade. Yeah. Just to fill out one, maybe one trade out, one yeah. trade in max. That's all you can do. So you can't be picking off each club in a money ball move to overhaul your list midway through. And like the mid season draft, those players aren't going to be on your game system yet. It might not take, it might still take half a season or a full season for them to get into it. So I don't think it's quite like, Oh, this is going to ruin the game and teams are going to be teams at the top are going to get even better. I think it's really just a case by well, case. The salary scenario. cap's still there, right? That's always the thing. Like, I, I think that's an issue. And obviously, players are more likely to go to a good club mid-year if they know that club yes. is playing well. Um, like a like a West Coast or Essendon player who before this year would have been wholly expecting to challenge for finals this mm. year, and are now well aware they're not because you won one game by the halfway mark, would think about moving to a better club if it was on the table. Like for and now, obviously, contracts come into it as well. Like, how does the contract work in a mid-season trade? But if, if someone who has, you know, a, a pretty shit shot ruck depth right now, like Carlton does, they came knocking on the door of Essendon and said, hey, obviously Draper and um, oh, who's the big blonde guy? Oh, I can see his face. Yeah. We're not going to, we don't want either of those, but hey, can we take Andrew Phillips back for this pick? Brian? Nick Brian. Yeah. Can we pay, take Andrew Phillips back for this pick temporarily or even permanently? Um, I think... Clubs, well, Essendon would be the hardest to trade with. <laughs> I think a lot of clubs could find. Yeah, or Geelong could say, there. "Hey, Darcy, you've been yelling at your teammates for the last few weeks. You're from Geelong. Do you want to move back down the highway for the yeah. rest of the year?" No, I don't. I think that's too high profile for <laughs> yeah, a mid-season no. trade. And, and Maybe want... if you could pull out like a Meek or whoever's below Meek. I've forgotten who the next one is. Uh, God, I've forgotten his name, but it doesn't matter. Um, but like, that's where they would look. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I think. I think it's for lower profile trades. And you could maybe make it like the restricted list, like the the players in that top twenty five percent of the salary cap can't be involved in the mid season draft. That's a great idea. Like, that'd just be a really easy way to cut off that mm. those star players from being involved in it. Yeah. Like, um, could you imagine if, like, I don't know, Dangerfield changed club mid season? <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Buddy Franklin, Dustin, Dustin Martin, Martin moves to Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> 
round twelve after the bye, Dusty's at Sydney. Yeah, it's 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 a bit too much for those kind of things. But for your key depth or maybe even like a wing position, if someone's not getting a game at one club and it's mutually beneficial, and there's some depth at Melbourne this year that would get a run at another club. Mm. Um, how good is Toby Bedford now that he's actually playing and not the sub? Incredible. Um, it's amazing how when you get a team to the level of being a good team, how quickly those players just yeah. start to look good when they come in. Mm-hmm. We saw it for years with Hawthorne and Richmond and Geelong. Yeah. And like, it's the same thing happening at Melbourne now. Like they just have so much depth and it seems to come out of nowhere. Like these players that you thought were average are now, you know, top tier players mm-hmm. and the players that come in just cover that gap. And it just says so much for game plan, I think. It does. And, and also confidence. Once a team is rolling, yeah, you can bring those players in, and they're already in a winning system. Yeah, um, I mean, look at Jake Bowie. Um, came out of nowhere, Premiership. One player, game short of the record. Oh. Um, and I think it, I think it does just go down to one, obviously quality mm. coaching, but just confidence. It's amazing yeah. what it does for a football. team. Winning culture is good culture. Yeah. I think that's been like a, people said that for years, but it's just so true it in is. the terms of. Better players come from better teams just because they're in an environment where, one, they're winning, and two, if you've got better players around you, you're going to become a better, better footballer. Yeah. Like, if you're training with the best, you're going to be better off. And I think that was always an issue that they had with um, your teams like your Gold Coast and GWS when mm-hmm. they set them up, and despite the fact that there's all that talent there as kids, when they're not training with the absolute A-graders every week. And the it's other harder problem with that in is there. it's hard to get a star out to yes. an interstate yeah. club. And that was why the AFL absolutely flipped their lid when Sydney got Franklin instead of GWS. Yeah. Um, but they apologised this what week. What a coward coward. act that was. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I, I read the coward bit and the acting bit and I went, oh yeah, a bit of hyperbole, whatever, moved on. And then today when I read that bit with the AFL, I was like, we want to formally apologise. To Buddy Franklin. Dude, you should have seen Mark like, Robinson on, on AFL 360. He was gutted that they would use that kind of language about but it, premiership heroes. But it was a cowardly act. Like, he, <laughs> he, he attempted to hook someone in the chin in the middle of a game of football. Like, I don't... It's not like it was overly strong language for the act he did. Like, it was cowardly. The only thing I take offence to is the cotton part. That he got called a dive. He didn't even fall over anything. He just kind of, like, I would act shocked if someone just hooked me to the face randomly, I think. Jared Waitley said, and I quote, Cochin looked after Franklin. He could have gone down. Oh, yeah. He if he dropped like down, a bag of shit. He would have been for two weeks, probably. Yeah, absolutely. If he wasn't Franklin, it would have been two weeks. Imagine if Green or Hawkins did that. Oh, yeah, Green would be gone for a Green would get six. Hawkins would get three. Franklin gets one because Buddy normally gets less. Yeah, it's it's strange. Lynch would have got off. <laughs> Lynch would have In got reverse, Cochin would have got off. <laughs> It is, strange. It is strange how some players just have that air about them and they got rid of the, the reputation and, like, yeah. history part of it. And they still... It's because it's so um, subjective in the, in the rankings of, like, if someone sits there in a room and goes, where does this fit on my bingo card? Like, for example, not that he would, but if Andrew Gaff came out and punched someone in the face again... like Oh, it'd be more weeks, wouldn't it? Would he double because it happened before or would it be the same? I mean, it should be the same, but it wouldn't. It should would it? be, but it won't be. He'd get more weeks. The MRO is baffling. It needs to be um, maybe abolished. The new, maybe the new CEO can fix that when he comes. He said in next that a year. couple of weeks ago. It's not going to happen. Uh, well, maybe the AFL should be abolished. We don't even know uh, who the new CEO is. Me. Sick. <laughs> I'm announcing it now. It's me. Yeah. Can you take all my mid-season trade ideas into account? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of the stand rule as well because it's so stupid. I can't stand I hearing think dissent. Them. I think dissent is worse. I think I saw someone write about this the other day. I can't remember who it was. They said it that was me. It was you. <laughs> oh, crazy! What a week we're having. Um, 
that they should get rid of the descent rule as a 50-metre penalty or free kick and make it a fine. That way it stamps it out without having the insane effect on games it can possibly have. Like, if, if I was a player and you're going, oh, it's a 50-metre penalty, I'd be like, oh, it's a bummer. If you're like, hey, it's 1500 bucks, I'd be like, I'm fine. I think teams would absolutely descent. Just and pay the players yeah, fine? Yeah, I think uh, they would. That's... I think there would be teams who are on top who would absolutely descent and just be like, it's fine, we're in, we're in the right spot, we're on the right part of the ladder, I'm not going to worry about it because we... everything that comes post-40 once you have a premiership or a premiership a premier... is, is money. Like... How's uh, Tom Hawkins waiting this long to give one away? I was shocked. Yeah, it, I, could, I couldn't believe it took this. Yeah. I thought it'd be round one. I thought, oh, yeah, well, Hawkins. I'd love to see a list of how many descent frees have been given by what teams and what players. Maybe I'll do some research oh, on that for next week. I liked, um, I did like a few weeks ago when Myers grabbed Hawkins before he had a chance yeah. to. Like he went to raise his arms and, and Myers was like, hey. Tom. A couple of times you just see players grab their <laughs> arms and I'm like, no. Who was the, was it, it was Darcy for Freo was the best one. Yeah. He just said no. He's like, nope. Just Shook his head. Nope. Like, stand still, <laughs> tin soldier. Um, a requested segment to come no. back. Because <laughs> I'm bad at this. Yeah, well, that, that was why it was requested. Is uh, Game of the Rounds. I think the obvious answer is tomorrow night. I think Geelong Bulldogs stands out as what should be Game of the Round. It does. Which means I feel like we should make a different call to that. And I want to say... Hawthorne Collingwood. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, alternatively, because I am bad at this, I'm picking Melbourne Sydney. Um, even though Sydney don't have Buddy. Nobody, no May. Nobody, no May. Balances out, right? Um, I think Sydney are in are back in good form after a couple of dreadful weeks. Um, I think, and you know, it's hard to to encourage this because he got horribly injured. But <laughs> after Kennedy went down, there balance through the middle changed. Yeah. Um, they got Parker a few more quicker. <laughs> um, Parker's playing really good. Yeah, he really is. And I think um, they have all the tricks to take it up to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I, so I think so too. There's been some weeks this year that I've just been disappointed with Sydney Morning. Yes. Because we know they're better than they've mm-hmm. been playing. Um, and when they're on, they're amazing. And when they're not, they're not. They, there was a thing, I was laughing about it, where we really should have seen... Beautiful language. When yeah. they're good, they're good. When they're, when bad, they're good, they're, they're good. And there was a thing and I was laughing about it. No, so Richmond have had the most losses from more than five goals up and Sydney have had the most wins from more than five goals down. Interesting. So like what happened on the weekend was destined to happen because that's how oh, yeah. they play football. Yeah, that, that last moment. Huh? Oh, it's My thing is, you can call the common sense answer if you hadn't paid it already several more times this year yeah. and said that was the right answer as well. Like you can't give yourself a tick on both sides of the column. Like you can't. The AFL has always had it both ways. If yeah. the wrong call oh. is made. How many times? I think maybe once I can remember where they've said, yeah, that was the wrong decision. Yeah. But it's in a game where it doesn't matter. Oh, no, they, it was they, like a 30-point difference or something. They admitted it was the wrong decision when Rampy? Geelong beat Brisbane. Did they say it for Rampy? Yes, they did. They admitted it then as well. Yeah. But then they admitted it the week later when Geelong lost to GWS or to Sydney. doesn't matter. Those those two in a row, they admitted they were wrong. But it's very rare. It's rare. And, like, usually it's in a case where it doesn't. Yeah, it was, it was so weird. Because, yeah, I saw it earlier this year. and well, I Maybe it was maybe it was one of those Bailey free kicks for Geelong. That's what I was saying. Yeah, Bailey was the yeah. one. And then the week after when Cameron kicked it, like, 20 metres across the face and it was called not 15, that they... Oh, my God. Umpires need to learn how to measure. That's, they that's they put been, squares on the ground. That's been my biggest problem this round. You'll see it kicked 30 metres and they'll go, 
All the other around seven? Yeah. They'll, they'll pay it at seven and then they'll kick it across the whole 50 and they'll be like, not 15, play on. Like, Sponsored by OPSM. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they are anymore, actually. No uh, it's idea. just in my head forever. I'll be yeah. 64 and still be thinking they're sponsored by OPSM. Yeah, there was that one earlier this year we saw it happen with, it was like half time in the Geelong Freo game or something. And I think the siren went and instead of passing the ball to Switkowski, Coldwell just threw it onto the floor and the 50 was paid yeah. and the goal was kicked. It's happened three times. And I remember saying, Richmond. that's stupid, but it is the right call. And then on the weekend it just doesn't... The worst part is the ball was dead. The ball was on the ground. The siren goes and... I can't remember which player it was. They pick up the ball, run across the boundary and kick it. It was Warner, yeah. They booted it. Like, he didn't have to do that. He could have just celebrated, but he picked it up and he punted it (laughs) as far as he could. Some bloke in the third tier's got a footy there. He's stoked. No, he had to return it and he got a signed pair of boots. (laughs) And a five-year membership. (laughs) Theft pays kids. That's that's the lesson we learned from that game. Ugh. Pitch invasion and theft are good things when specific games are on, apparently. Uh, anyway, that's probably enough time, I think. I'm very tired. Is it midnight yet? No, but it's close. Feels like that's it. That's my bad. I'm very sick at the moment, so I have delayed this as much as I can. And then I fell asleep, so... Yeah. Classic me. Oh, and there's, at least we don't have a cat in the room this time. No, that's good. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, however, when I was writing the weekly turnaround last night, there were some skudoof, skudoof, skudoofs on the keyboard a few times. Yeah, so that she's was been fun. doing that while I'm working. And yeah. It's not, it's not what, appropriate. What happened to cats in their stage of evolution where they're like, I'm going to sit on the calls. keyboard? <laughs> All right. We will see you next week, I think. I mean, yeah. But, yeah, where yeah. we review six games. Are we going to change that, actually? Are we going to give less points? Oh, less po- we can't give less points. No, we can still get five because it still balances over the three rounds. Yeah, it will, but it'll feel it'll be very hard for me to pick five players. Yeah, across six well, games. I had, a, I had a lot of special mentions written down this week. You didn't say any of them. Yeah, well, I said good players, but yeah, it's too many. I don't want to talk about it. Let's go to bed. Yeah, uh, good plan. Uh, happy Friday, everyone. You're probably gonna hear this after the first game's been played, but enjoy. Okay, bye.